0: Hello, and welcome to Domain Stories. My name is Alan Dunn. I've been in the domain name industry for over 20 years, been involved with over $50 million of sales, and worked alongside many of the world's biggest brands. This industry is fascinating, and this podcast will provide insight into how sales happen, go inside complex transactions, share some funny stories, and even hear from other domain experts and company founders. Basically, I'm a domain name nerd. Hello, today is January 17th, 2020, and in today's episode, podcast episode 9, I'm going to talk with Mark Daniel of Domain Holdings. For those of you who don't know, Mark and I go back about 10 years. We first met when I joined Domain Holdings and connected right away. Very few people, in my opinion, work as hard as Mark does, and he's been behind some stellar sales. In fact, many brands you probably know today were acquired by Mark over the years. I can name quite a few unicorns also. You may also notice there's been a change in the introduction music. Part of this change was inspired by Chad Folkney and Andrew Rosner texting me to say, change the music. So thank you guys for the blunt and honest feedback. Love it. But they don't get all the credit. I thought it would also be a great change since Mark is a music guy. Mark, when we first met, I had no idea how much you love live music. I remember you would take weekend concert trips a lot, but it wasn't until about a year later, I noticed they were all for the same band, Fish. You literally introduced me to fish. an amazing band. Tell me, where did the passion for the band come from and how many shows have you seen?
1: Hi, thanks for having me on, Alan. The passion for this band started for me back in 1994. I am a musician myself. I play music and always have and started to see this band back in 1994 and have been into it ever since. I've got a large group of friends all over the country who meet up at these shows And it's just a really great time had by all. And, you know, the power of music is hard to describe. And that's it. Yeah, no, I love it. It sounds like an awesome community. Yeah, I'd love to go see a show someday, actually. I would love to have you come to a show with me. Hopefully, if they play in Florida anytime in the next few years, I will definitely take you with me. No, I'll be there. I've seen them about 200 times since 1994. Wow. Very cool. Okay, so let's talk about domain names.
0: I know you have two great stories to share today. The first one involves a six-figure sale where you found the owner of the domain through a TV show. I can't wait to hear about that one. And the last one involves a fantastic flow where you were representing a domain name and the owner, while in contract, decided to sell the company. Then you had to chase down the new owner who wanted a whole lot more when you already had a deal almost done. Let's start with the TV show. I'm really interested in this one.
1: Okay, great. So I have a client who was a large media company who was in process of rebranding and they had chosen a new name for their company, which was actually three words. And that was the URL that they were planning to use. And after some conversation, we had decided that it might be best to try to shorten that URL, maybe by taking the first letter of all the words and shortening it so that people would be able to find them easier and recognize them easier.
0: So a company like, let's just say it was called... Amazing technology services. You, you, you approached them and suggested it was better to call it ATS.com or something.
1: Exactly. They were a company that I had helped acquire a couple names in the past. And so I was, you know, I was very privy to the fact that they were going to be rebranding and such. But then once I got notice of the words that they were using, one of which was very, very hard to spell, we basically started to go after these three letters that were the abbreviations of their new brand name. And when I looked into the ownership for these three letters, I saw that it was owned by a very large public-facing media company. They were not using it. However, I could tell that, you know, based on the name and based on the ownership, I kind of understood why they own the name, although they weren't using it. I was having a lot of trouble getting through to that company, to the right person, to see whether or not they would consider selling. I had sent letters in the mail. I had done all, all the things that we all normally do to try to get through to an owner when we have a legitimate buyer. And I was not having any luck. And one day, I am at home. I have the television on. There is a TV show on with some real estate brokers who buy and sell high-end real estate in California and New York and such. And I was watching this show, and the guys were trying to acquire a building out in California that happened to be owned by the same company that I was trying to go after for this domain name. And they were... Heading to a meeting at this corporate office on the television show, and they were running late, and one of the guys got a phone call from the office of the people they were going to see, and they showed the real estate broker's cell phone, and they showed the person's name who was calling him from that company. As soon as I saw that person's name, I started to do some research, found them, and ended up sending a FedEx package directly to that person, introducing myself, telling them why I was contacting him, et cetera, et cetera. And then fast forward about three weeks later, I got a phone call from the guy at the media company to talk to me about potentially selling the name for them. And it turns out that the numbers could not work with the buyer I had. They just were not willing to spend the amount of money that was going to take to be able to get that name. So fast forward, probably a month later or so, the company that owned the name contracted me to go out and try to find a buyer for that name. And since then, I've had a great relationship with that company. We did sell that name for them for Into the Six Figures. And based on that relationship now, we've gotten a lot of other business from them. Uh, I've helped them acquire and sell several names since this one. And it's just a a great story, the fact that it took a television show and a cell phone ringing, you know, for me just to see this person's name and to be able to eventually make this deal, even though it was not for the original buyer. But they were fully aware of it, and they knew that we were going to sell it to somebody else.
0: Oh, this is fabulous. I mean, so the person wasn't even on the TV show. He happened to just call somebody that was on the TV show.
1: That's all it was. The real estate broker was heading to the meeting and his phone rang and it was the the principal at this company. And I basically was able to finagle them into uh, a conversation. Man, I love that story. It's, you know, this industry is fabulous with so many untold stories. And the owners of the name were impressed with the way that I found them because I was very clear to them on how I eventually got through to him. And it went a million miles.
0: Yeah. You know, it's amazing. I think a lot of people, when they try to sell a name, they don't realize that so many things have to align at times. And sometimes it's luck, sometimes it's hard work, but it's usually a combination of both. I mean, some of these deals take nine months, a year or more. I mean, it's hard to get these deals done. And uh, yeah, it's, it's people like you that just work, work hard and put everything together and understand the whole scope of all these events that have to
1: happen to get them done. Well done. Yeah, it's persistence. I mean, like we always talk about, you know, it's it's persistence without being too annoying, but being persistent and uh, not giving up on something that you believe in.
0: Yeah, no, true. The next one is a multi-million dollar sale. I love this story and wish this was something we could tell in full, but we can't. I'd also like to add a knowledge point here for anyone listening, especially anyone with a really, really great domain name to sell. As we roll out more episodes, you will hear more of these stories. Many domain name sales happen all the time, And most are simply never reported. There are so many brokers, domain name management companies, trademark lawyers, and direct corporate acquisitions and sales that my guess is over 80% of all aftermarket domain name sales go unreported. In fact, when I was in ICANN in Montreal just a few months ago, I spoke to someone who said they had just acquired a domain name for $8 million. You'll never hear this reported anywhere. You'll never know the name, but it's solid. So Mark, yeah, tell tell me where this one started. I know this was a long
1: journey to a sale. It was quite a long journey. It was a little while ago. So basically, I was marketing a onewordgeneric.com for a client. And in doing research, I found a startup that was getting into the business that was directly related to the one word generic that I had for sale. So I contacted that startup and they did not have interest in that domain name. However, after they learned a bit about what I do and the domain space, they asked me if I could help them uh, acquire some domain names that they had their eyes on that were basically for specific projects and sectors of their business. We did that, went and acquired them, I think it was maybe six different names. And in the process of that, they had decided that they wanted to come up with a new company name a one word generic.com that they wanted to use for the company name and had me helping them with that process as I do often. And After we had discussed some different ideas, we came up with a word that they really liked and wanted me to go after. The only catch was that it was a business. It looked to be an updated website and seemed to be an active business, but you know, I always love a challenge, and so uh, I took it on. I contacted the owner of that company, and at first he told me that you know, there was no interest at all in selling and they were gearing up for some kind of a rebrand themselves, et cetera, et cetera. After some back and forth with him, we had come up with a number that he would accept if we were able to get to it. And we had the owner of the domain sign a brokerage agreement with us at a certain price so that we knew we had this buyer. And if we were able to get them to that number that we'd be able to sell the name. The owner of the name signed the contract and fast forward, probably two months later, we got to the number that we needed. So the agreement was in place. We got to the number that we needed and we're going to a purchase and sales agreement now and and trying to iron out all the details and diligence. And then the owner of the name goes silent for probably a week and a half to two weeks, which we thought was odd. And it turns out he decided to sell his entire company, including the domain name to a large public company in the interim while we were in process of going through the purchase agreement.
0: Now you were still in contract to sell the name, right?
1: Correct. So basically because we had a contract with him to sell the name and we got to the price that was indicated on the contract, He was still obligated to pay us our brokerage fee because we had a signed agreement in place. We brought him a legitimate offer of exactly what he wanted. And it was his decision to sell his company in the meantime, but he was still bound to the contract. So after some back and forth there and having some lawyers involved, the company was able to get a brokerage fee for the name, which we hadn't even sold.
0: All right. So the owner decided to sell the company. Luckily, you know, because of the contract and stuff, you, you, you still got paid. But how did the person that wanted the domain name from you
1: feel? You know, The buyer still wanted the, the domain name. And they were, I'd say, frustrated would be a nice word to use. But it had been a bit of a process already to get to that point, to get this guy to consider selling. And then once we got to the number, and then now this happened. So the, the buyer that we had was definitely, they were not happy.
0: No, I mean, that sounds like a really tough situation. You did your job for the client. You also did your job for the buyer, actually for both clients. You you put a deal together, you had it done. And then this was like getting uh, something thrown
1: under the rug. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I'd done some research on the company that had acquired the name and his company. And it turns out that they were in process of organizing themselves for an upcoming conference that they were planning to use this brand name and all of the associated materials around this, this name, they were a public company. And I still had this buyer who wanted me to try to acquire this name, no matter what it took. So I reached out to the company that owned the name and was immediately told, you know, there's no interest in selling this. We've recently acquired it. We've got a lot of initiatives with it. No, thank you. I was able to get a strong high six figure offer to put in front of them to at least just show that we were interested. After running up the flagpole and, and, you know, having multiple people on multiple emails, they finally came back. And I was going to spare you all the details, but basically they, they came back and told me that, you know, if we were able to get to a certain number, which was several million dollars, that they would consider selling. And I went back to our buyer. After some back and forth, we eventually came to the number that these guys had told us that they wanted in order to sell. So we organized a conference call between myself the buyer and this public company to discuss next steps et cetera, et cetera. on that call we learned from the company that they have decided they're not going to sell for the number that they told us they would sell for the number that we got them i do remember that piece that was amazing that was crushing they told us that they did not want to sell and obviously the buyers were just you know they were shocked disappointed. And, you know, a lot of this ends up coming on to us as a broker, because we're the middleman, even though it's not us, we do everything we can to make sure everybody's happy. But certain things happen where we have no control. And this was one of them. So what happened was, we had this conference call. And once they were very clear that the name was not for sale, they had the CEO on the call, they had the marketing guys on the call, we had all our buyers company on the call. And they basically said, you know, thanks, but no, thanks, we're we're not going to move forward with this. Have a good day. I got off that call and I sat there shaking my head for a while thinking, you know, I I smell a deal here. There's got to be something to get done here. My guys really want this name. You know, I smell a deal somehow.
0: Well, yeah. And I I think the positive note there was that I I totally agree with you that there, there, there was a very good sign there was a deal because they had initially said they bought the company and they had no interest in selling, but there was a discussion internally where they did come up with a number. So now I think I always thought it just turned to a numbers game at this point cuz they did think about selling it and you know they bailed from the last phone call but but yeah you're right I mean you, you you could smell a deal there
1: That's what happened basically I I smelled a deal and so this is where it gets interesting so what I did was after that phone call and I knew all the the principals of this company who were on the phone call and I had been in correspondence with them by email So what I did when I got off the call was I reached out to the secretary of the CEO of that company who I had had some email exchanges with. And I told her that I just got off the phone call with the CEO and some other people. And I was curious if she could give me the CEO's phone number because I forgot to tell him something that was pretty important. So I got the phone number of the CEO from his secretary and I decided just to call him. It was within 10 minutes after we had finished this phone call. I got him on the phone. I, you know, told him I was disappointed that, you know, the way this is turning out. And I, I basically said, you know, is there any number that you would consider that would be able to get this done? Obviously, you know, we still have a lot of interest in this name. You know, we've been back and forth on this for what was about probably four months at that time, maybe five months at that time. And is there any way we could try to get something done? And after chatting for a few minutes, he basically said, you know, if you are able to get to this particular number, X, which was well into the millions, and you can give us an answer by Tuesday of next week. We'll proceed. And I went, took that information, I went back to my buyers, and obviously they were not happy. They thought that the seller they were just trying to be pigs, but they also understood the fact that the owners of this domain name had money and time already invested in this and a whole plan to use it. So that was I think that was on a Thursday or a Friday that this whole conversation started. And then fast forward to the weekend, I had a phone call with my buyers, and they decided that they wanted to make the offer that these guys said that they would sell for. So on first thing Monday morning, I got in touch with the CEO of the company, told him that we have the offer that he indicated would get this done, and we were able to get the deal done. It took quite a while. It was well worth it. And all parties ended up being satisfied with it. And even as a function of this, the company that we ended up selling the name for, at the end of the day, they did well. And yeah,
0: yeah, it's amazing. Some of these big, big sales. I mean, they take they not only take so much in time, but it's such an incredible challenge at times to to manage all the different personalities and manage all the different sides and have everything come together. I mean, you know, when when somebody has like a you know, a million dollar price agreed on, and then the deal doesn't go through, and then they jack up the price even more. Yeah, it's tough, and yeah, uh, it's.
1: I commend you for that. That was one of the hardest deals I know, and it was just phenomenal. That was tough, and and we, you know, you and I worked together during this. So this was a definitely one of the more difficult and longer drawn out deals, but it was worth it at the end, and everybody was happy. So, like I always said, if the happy buyer, happy seller, we did our job.
0: Ah, oh, it's a total win-win-win at the end of the day. So I got actually a little surprised. We haven't worked together in the same office for a few years, but when we did, it was fantastic. We had a great energy between all of us. A lot of great people there. Tracy Fogarty, Hobie Mikulik, a lot of people. I I got a special guest here today. I'm going to connect Wendy Lung. Do you remember Wendy? Of course. Wendy, are you there?
2: Yes, I am. Hey,
0: (laughs) what's up? Oh, so great to see you again. For those listening, Wendy is one of the most critical people in any domain name company. She understands almost everything from expired drops to brokerage agreements. Honestly, she's you know one of uh, the most amazing people I've met in the domain name industry, and she definitely knows this space. She's very quiet, too. I think this is the first time you've ever really talked about the domain name industry in public,
2: eh? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm more like a behind the scene kind of gal, so yeah first time.
0: Well, I know you uh, have a really good story to tell also, Mark. You might remember this one. I'm not sure you do, but I think you will. And when she tells it out, you, you want to tell us your story today, Wendy?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think this is one of the names that Mark worked on diligently as well. So let's see if it's going to ring a bell. So it was the um, first premium name that I worked on with you guys. And I have just started working with the brokerage team because I was doing you know, mainly SEO before. So I really don't know anything about the domain industry.
0: When was this? Like maybe 2011,
2: 2012? No, longer than that. It was like, I want to say 2013 or 2014. So yeah, I really didn't know anything about it. And I mean, I can hear you guys <laughs> talk about it all the time. So it, it, it was you know, a new experience for me for sure.
0: Oh, it's like another language. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. And, you know, like I said, like I was more like the behind the scenes, you know, I'm, I, you know, usually help you guys with lead gen and marketing, things like that. So I'll, I'll try to remember as much as I can because it was actually a very you know, amazing learning experience, you know, from start to finish. So, you know, I remember it was uh, one of our clients that we've worked with a long time. They have an amazing portfolio. And they decided to sell one of the top premium names. The process of getting them to sign the uh, exclusive brokerage agreement took a while. There was a lot of back and forth, you know, because we're trying to figure out how to price it right. You know, unlike the housing market, the guideline on how to price a home is a lot more, you know, straightforward and simpler. But domain, <laughs> it's like there is no guideline.
0: It's little easier to sell your house, you know?
2: Right. Exactly. Like everybody has a different opinion, like how much it's worth. And, you know, and if you ask me today, like regardless, you know, how the story is going to end, I'm not going to give it away. But, you know, I still believe this name is worth at least a high seven or even low eight figure. I totally Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then if you ask the owner of the name, you know, they probably would say like, oh, you know, it's worth 30 million dollars or even 100 million dollars. (laughs) <laughs> so and, uh, but yeah then but if you ask like somebody random who has absolutely no use for the name like you know they probably just gonna say like a thousand dollars or a hundred <laughs> like hundred thousand dollars you know that's why like determining the reasonable price you know the keyword is reasonable an item is gonna be tough and regardless if it's premium or not so and plus i think we know it was you know important for us to set the right expectation, you know, that's something I've learned from you guys when I started working on this name is that you know got to set the right expectation for the clients, also set a price that, you know, I know that Mike Mark would be like comfortable and confident to work with. You don't want to go too high where it's gonna scare everybody off. Yeah, you know, and I remember Alan, you and Mark and the rest of the team, like we looked at different factors, this name, you know, if there's any you know historical data, you know, were there any similar names that were sold recently? You know, at what price and who bought them. And of course, you know, without giving too much information, you know, this premium name has something to do with technology. So I remember we had to factor in if the name is going to lose its relevancy, you know, within the next two, five, or 10 years. And if the name loses its long term value, then it's going to affect the um, potential buyer's interest.
0: There was another issue there too, I, I, from what I remember, Mark, you, you can probably confirm this too, is that this word was really so important to their the owner's business model that they just weren't using the domain name anymore, but they also didn't want someone using it to compete against them, and they didn't want it to be used for vice either. I, I believe there were some restrictions there too, which narrowed down the pool of buyers, potential buyers.
1: There definitely were some restrictions there. So we were we were limited with the amount of people and the type of people who we could reach out to.
2: You know, it was tough. Like and I think there were so many factors that was factor in like how we pricing it. And I think at the at the end, the client agreed that they'll be happy to walk away with five million dollars in their pocket. And I remember we were happy with that number because we knew we can get more than five million dollars because it was just that good of a name. So so we started working on the name and you know after we, they signed the agreement with us and you know we brainstorm everything from marketing strategy to how we approach each call that we get and then also like how we're going to word our emails like everything i know that we started out with approximately 100 leads and we were very excited at the beginning because we just started using this new email tracking software so we were able to see like all these people opening the emails, like how many times they opened it and then how many times they forwarded it to different people. And then, you know, we started noticing those leads that we're working on, you know, would be opening the email like 10 times a day. So when you start to notice that, like, you know, it gets you excited, you know, because you know, you're working on a very special name. But I think then like, you know, a month in, and I think the reality started to set in because we didn't really... Get as many positive feedback or, you know, and offers that we expected. I mean, it was such a strong name that you would think that like there's a high demand and they want to react as quickly as possible.
0: Sometimes we were just talking, we were looking at the leads and, you know, you would see the email was open 62 times, but nobody ever would return a phone call or email. Like it was, it was fascinating.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it was just like a emotional coaster because you were having that such high of this, like, oh my God, there's so many opening it and they're forwarding to people around the world and you know because, I mean, with the leads that we we were approaching, I mean, it was you know within U.S. and outside U.S. as well, so it was pretty cool, and the feedback that we get from these leads were you know they're interested in this name, they think the name's great, but they just don't have the budget for it, and then then when it comes to the offers, you know, it got a little bit more depressing (laughs) from what I remember because it was just so far apart from the asking price. You know, and I think the sad truth is is that I don't think they were trying to lowball us at all because I think there was a mutual understanding that, you know, it's a rare opportunity that they'll be able to make an offer on a name like such as this, like a very, very powerful name but it's just that no one had the budget to invest. We continue working on, you know, the leads as, you know, business, you know, usual things like that. We're trying to generate more leads and things like that, but the gap was still too far apart from each other. And from what I remember is that like, it was so far apart we weren't even able to get close to 50 percent of the five million dollars so that's how low it was and the whole situation was just so discouraging like it was just depressing
0: some of these domain names it was a kind of a, a good timing too in the industry um, because you know in the early 2000s even going towards part of the later 2000s you know a lot of these names were getting sold for millions and millions and millions and but, you, but Google and everything changed, too, over the years. And it became, and it is today, it's a brand world. And really powerful, sometimes specific but generic domains. You, you need to have a plan behind them in, instead of just buying them and hoping they'll go up in value. And, and that's where the offers often get lost. Yeah, it's interesting.
2: No, absolutely. And especially at that time, like, I was fairly new to the industry but knowing what I know now like I mean I know like Mark and I always talked about it is that sometimes the sales cycle can go up to like 2 years. <laughs> it's like you know so you just never know. Every name that you know I know we worked on has a different story and then has a different, you know, approach and things like that. So it, it was definitely fascinating. You know, with that particular name, the client our client knows that we, you know, we worked on it, but then a few months later, you know, our clients approached us and said, like, you know, we need to sell this name immediately due to, you know, whatever personal reason they have. And so they agreed to reduce the price, not by much from what I remember, but enough for us to go back to all the leads that we worked on with and then, you know, share the good news. But many of the companies still dealing with a budget issues, So, you know, we really couldn't close the gap more than what we were hoping for so the emotion emotional roller coaster continues where you know we were thinking we had a slam dunk getting more than you know 5 million dollars to well i think we can get a 5 million dollars out of this or and then to like now it's like okay i don't think we can sell this anymore like because now time is the issue now and then we know there's an urgency for this client to sell this. So we decided, um, you know, meet with them and, you know, have basically to decide what's the next step. And I still remember that before the meeting, you asked me to generate this report, this gigantic report for the clients, you know, and basically the report shows the number of leads that we, we worked on, who we spoke with, and how many times, and the timeline of each of the offer that we received. And I think, we want, you know, we wanted everything to be as transparent as possible. So ultimately we want to give them enough information to make, you know, an intelligent decision based on data and what the market was saying, you know, they can either choose to weigh it out, you know, while we keep pushing, sell it at a much lower price or just take it off on the market. I mean, I think that way, like, you know, we want them to avoid making a decision based on gut feeling, you know, after all, it's not like a deal or no deal kind of situation. So yeah, that, that final decision is basically like sell at a much lower price because of the personal reasons. So they're motivated to sell and they end up making one last request was to go back to the, uh, I think the two or three companies that made the highest offer and to do like a final push to see if they come, you know, willing to come up a little higher. So we end up selling it close to $3 million. So yeah, it was like a bittersweet moment for all of us. I, I remember it's just because like, you know, we're happy that we get the deal done, like for the clients, but we were just, you know, it we was just feeling defeated in a way that like, you know, we couldn't get more than what we expected. So like Mark said earlier, just what matters that they both walk, you know, the client, the buyer walked away happy. So that's all it that matters.
1: And the market helps dictate the pricing on these things. And that's just it. And you know, we were hired to take the name to market. We try to get as obviously as much as we could. And after outlining all of the work that we had done for the owners, we just, you know, we were only able to get to X.
0: I mean, I thought the deal honestly was one of the best learning experiences I had in this industry. I mean, we got the deal done. There was a lot of, you know, back and forth and a lot of work, but, you know, with higher deals, I think a lot of the times transparency is a huge factor, not just in acquiring the domain name or something, but also expectations. You know, I think when an owner engages you to sell a domain name, they're not engaging you to just sell a domain name. They're engaging you to represent their best interest and actually work hard for your fee. And uh, I I know Mark, I mean, I I know, because I was on many of the calls. I mean, I think we spoke to these guys maybe every two or three weeks and gave them an update, you know, showed them who we called and who we spoke to, who said no, who said yes. And by the time when these reports came around, that was a ton of work putting all that together. But, it wasn't just like throwing a, a, a book at them and saying, you know, this is the first time you've seen this. This is where we are. They were kept in the loop the whole way through, and, and they, they know how much work that was put into that. So I, I think that had a big influence on how they decided to, you know, ultimately price the domain name.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It was a learning experience, you know, especially me being so new to the industry. But, yeah, it's definitely very cool working with you guys. I learned a lot from the both of you during the entire process, I would say.
1: Likewise. It was always, always great working together with you guys.
0: Well, on that note, before we uh, start doing a group hug here, I just want to thank both of you for uh, you know, coming on the show. I, I miss you both terribly. I, uh, I love you both. And uh, hopefully, we'll all work in the same office one day again. For those listening, again, this was Mark Daniel. From uh, Domain Holdings, you can reach him uh, at DomainHoldings.com. He's an amazing broker. And Wendy Lung, one of the most amazing people in this industry. And that's today's show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to Domain Stories on your favorite podcast service. Or visit NameCorp.com for more information about buying or selling a domain name. Have a great day.